Thanks for joining us today with another podcast from New Hope Church. We hope that you enjoy what we have for you today and find it encouraging and uplifting. If you ever want to learn more information about New Hope Church, please visit us online at myhope.life. We'd love to get to know you. Have a wonderful day and God bless. want to take those right now and and pray for them there's a couple people april that i know of for sure um and there's uh todd let's let's just pray for sure that's what i know but maybe there's something in your hand and if you could just lift your hand right now as a as signifying god i've got a request god i need you to meet let's pray right now god i pray you would move right now in april's life god God, we know that you're a healer, God, that you can move mountains, God. And I declare that healing would begin to take place in Jesus' name. God, we plead your blood over her. God, we pray right now for Todd, God, that you would move in his life, his family. God, I plead your blood over them right now. We know that you're a healer, a miracle-working God. And at your name, things have to flee. God, at your name, sickness has to leave. God, God, you were bruised. You were wounded for your stripes were for our healing. And I pray right now, God, that heal your healing virtue would flow, Jesus. Right now, in the name, God, we pray, the name above every other name, Jesus. We worship you. We magnify you. I thank you, God. Hallelujah. Come on, dismiss the kids to Sunday school. Enjoy your time with Ashley. Michelle's going to teach Sunday school next week, so it'll be another good time. We're going to start changing them out so they can take a break. Um, so they, so Ashley can listen to me preach. <laughs> no, you need to get something from God. Sometimes, sometimes when you come to church, it feels good to like serve and to do things and to be helpful. And but sometimes you just need to come to church because I just need to get something from Jesus. And and. And when we come to church, that should be something that's in our mind. I'm here to get something from God. What is it, God, you want to give me today? What is it that you have for me today? I'm going to worship you, and I want to see you move in my life. I am excited. Um, I I really feel... uh, So let me, before I say what I was going to say, when I came in here today... I started praying. I came up here. I was praying, and I was like, God, just let me uh, pray in bold. Let me, let me preach with boldness today. And uh, last night we gathered together, and we prayed, and there was a strong presence of God in this place that moved and touched our lives. And, uh, and, and, and something came over me as soon as I left this place. I was anxious. I was worried, and when I was in here and I was praying and I was getting a hold of God, I, did, I wasn't afraid. I wasn't, there wasn't anything going on. But all of a sudden, as soon as I left, it, like, hit. And this morning when I woke up, it was still there. And uh, uh, I'm trying for you online people to keep the microphone to closer to my mouth. And so right now, I really feel like a pushback from the enemy. 
like, like he would love to not have this message preached today. He would love for you to remain in captivity. And that's the title of my message, Comfortable in Captivity. And you're like, well, I don't know that I'm in captivity. Well, just hold on just a minute and let's, let's examine this. But, but, but we can get comfortable in captivity. And I, I really feel that there's a pushback in the enemy. And so I'm just going to take a moment right now and I'm going to pray against that. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you to pray with me. God, I, I rebuke the hand of the enemy. God, anything that would try, God, to, to, to set this service aside. God, anything that would try and uh, distract us from your, from your word. God, I pray right now, God, that you would move. God, that your divine will would be done in this service today. God, that you would touch us today. That, you're, that we would walk in authority today. That we would walk in boldness. In Jesus' name, we declare it. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. So the reason for this message is there is a there is a song that we wanted to sing that we just heard. It's called Egypt. And I was like, well, if I sing this song, maybe no one knows what we're singing about. So I'm going to preach about it and then we'll sing the song next week. <laughs> maybe I'll play it at altar call. But um, we find here in Exodus chapter one, verse seven, but the people of Israel were fruitful and increased greatly. They multiplied and grew exceedingly strong so that the land was filled with them. The land was filled with them. They were in a land that was not their own though. They weren't where they were supposed to be. They weren't in the promised land. They were, they were in Egypt. They became comfortable. Now you, can't, you, you can say this. How did they become comfortable in a place where they were you know, slave labor. Well, I don't know. But hold on. This makes sense as I move on. There was a purpose for what they were going through. There was a purpose for the bondage. There was a purpose for the captivity. And, and so the title of the message is Comfortable in Captivity. Sure, the Israelites did not want to be in captivity. But throughout Exodus, you see the Israelites compare their freedom with bondage. So many times they were like, oh, why'd you bring us out into the desert to die? Like we, we would have been better off living in Egypt. They make these statements. So here's the purpose. Exodus chapter 12, it says the people of Israel had also done as Moses told them, for they had asked the Egyptians for silver and gold, jewelry and for clothing, and the Lord had given the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians so that they let them have what they asked Thus they plundered the Egyptians. They were still in captivity. They were still there. But God was moving and God was working. And so they did what Moses told them. Moses told them, hey, you need to go and gather these things. Go and ask for these things. And they asked the Egyptians for this. And, and, and you're like, well, what's the big deal about that? There was a promise back in Genesis that they would have great possessions. Check this out. This is cool. Chapter, 12, uh, chapter 15, verse 12, it says, As the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell on Abram. And behold, dreadful and great darkness fell upon him. Then the Lord said to Abram, Know for certain that your offspring will be sojourners in a land that is not theirs, and they will be servants there, and they will be afflicted for 400 years. Sounds a lot like Egypt, right? Okay, it gets better. Check this out. But I will bring judgment on the nation that they serve. And afterwards, they shall come out with great possessions. 
God was moving in Egypt. When they began to do what was asked of them, when they began to take steps and begin to have forward movement, God began to bless and began to fulfill his promises. How many of you have got a promise that God has spoke to you? I've got a promise that God spoke to me, and I'm holding on to it. And, and sometimes you're like, well, well, God's never spoke a promise to me. Some of you didn't raise your hands. Some of you got the question. God didn't, God didn't speak a promise to me. There's promises in his word that we have life more abundantly as Christians, that we, we have life more abundantly as we serve him. And I, I, I look at this, this scripture here. They were going to be in bondage for 400 years. Think about this for a moment. They were in bondage for 400 years before they got the blessing. How much longer would they have remained in bondage if they wouldn't have listened to Moses? What if they would have completely rejected his, his words and rejected what he said? I believe that when we do that, when we reject what God says to us and what God speaks to us and what he asks us to do, when we reject that, he cannot bless. He cannot pour out things in our lives when we reject. If we don't take some steps forward in our relationship with him, he can't pour out into our lives because we're not listening to him. He's saying, come, come. And you take a step and God begins to move in your life and begins to bless you spiritually. When I talk about blessings, I'm not talking about like, you know, God's going to give you a million dollars. I'm not talking about blessings like that. I'm talking about God blessing you spiritually and beginning to grow you and, and have different things happen in your life. But we can get comfortable in our captivity. We see before they ever left the land, and headed to the promised land, God started to provide for them. It was a promise that they would leave with an increase. So think about this in your situation. Think about this in the problems that you face, in the heartache that you've gone through. All of you know your story. I don't know every story that you have. But you've got some stories in your life. Maybe God spoke to you about a, a loved one that, that was going to make it. To, to, to Jesus that was that was going to follow Jesus. Maybe he spoke to spoke to you about restoring something in your life, but it's been so many years and it feels like God has forgotten about the promise that he made. Imagine what the Egyptians or what the, the children of Israel felt like when they were in Egypt for 400 years and and how they 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 they. God, have you forgotten about us? I thought we were your chosen people. The problem was that Israelites had become comfortable in the land they didn't belong. They grew. They left with a lot of people. When they left, they, they grew. They had. And the reason why I say they had become comfortable is because I'm getting to a passage of Scripture that's going to explain that a little bit more. You see, we can get satisfied with just getting a little Jesus. We get satisfied with we get satisfied with baby Jesus. We're like, oh, that's, that's all I need is, is baby Jesus. And, and you're like, what are you talking about? <laughs> baby Jesus was cute. Baby Jesus cried. Baby Jesus needed his diapers changed. Baby Jesus didn't need a whole lot. But he was the savior of the world. He was cute, wonderful, 
fearfully made. He was, that's all I need is just a little baby. I'm going to come to church on Christmas. I'm going to, you know what? I like resurrected Jesus better. You know what? I, I like, I like Jesus that was resurrected and, 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 you know, that was cool. That was just so exciting. But what about Jesus that was the teenager Jesus and the Jesus that was, I'm getting ready to go into the Mark series, and you guys are going to really like it because we see a little bit more about Jesus. And sometimes we get satisfied with just one aspect of the Bible, and really the whole thing is for us to consume. Really the whole thing is for us. We can't get satisfied with just a little bit of church. We can't get satisfied with the place where we are. When we are, we begin to lose the zeal. This can happen in marriages. But it can also happen in our relationship with God. We lose the zeal. I remember, I remember when I first saw my, not my wife at the time, I remember when I first saw her. She was walking to a cafeteria, uh, she was walking from the cafeteria to a sanctuary at a church camp. And I saw her, and it was like as if a light shined down from heaven. No, I'm kidding. But kind of. I was like talking to these other girls, and I saw her, and I was like, don't talk to her. If you talk to her, you'll probably marry her. (laughs) Well, I talked to her, obviously. (laughs) And I married her. But I remember like early on in our relationship, I did a lot of dumb stuff. I really did. The day that I asked her to marry me, I had been in this security guard training. And I mean, all the guys in here know what this is. You ever dead leg someone, Russell? Dead leg someone? You know, need a, you know, you're nice. How about you? Yeah, okay, yeah. Jim's back there smiling, like, yeah, I've done it. Yeah, you walk up to your friend and you just like right, right in there. And it just like you can't walk. It like you hit the nerve right in here and kind of in between the muscles, and just all of a sudden you can't. Yeah, you're a nice guy, Russell. I'm a, I must be a jerk. <laughs> well, anyways, on the day that I asked her to marry me, we're in Walmart. Very romantic. We're walking down the frozen food section in Fargo. And uh, I, was, I didn't mean to do it, but I grabbed her and I did it so perfectly that she was on her knees in Walmart. I didn't ask her to marry me at that point, but boy... Wouldn't that be a story? <laughs> I put my wife on her knees and then asked her to marry me. <laughs> it's a funny story. It's okay to have fun in church. It's okay to say amen in church. It's okay to get excited when the preacher's excited. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's, it's okay to have fun. <laughs> Anyways, later on that night, that evening, just out of the spur of the moment, I was like, she knew I was going to ask her. We bought the ring together. We already had the wedding dress. We were weird. Um, but anyways, <laughs> um, I asked her to marry me, and she said yes. Boy, it could have it gone so differently. could have gone so differently that night. You could have been like, uh, you just dead like me in Walmart. You're dumb. Think again. <laughs> you know, um, we do dumb things, and so, but there was, a, there was a passion in our lives when we got married, right? And, and throughout our marriage, that passion has grown, but sometimes that passion can 
begin to slip away if we don't reignite it every day. And the same is with our relationship with God. You're going to do dumb stuff. And you're going to need to come back and say, God, I'm sorry for what I've done. Please forgive me. It's, and that's okay. God loves you. It's okay to go back in repentance again. He loves you. Don't lose the zeal. We can't get comfortable to the point where we don't want to change. See, that's what I'm talking about today is we get comfortable where I have no desire to change. I have no desire to move in my relationship with God. I'm like, I'm okay right here. I, I, I'm okay just getting a little bit of church on Sunday. I'm, I'm okay with, 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 with not really like, you know, getting in and digging in deep. You know, when I talk about taking steps in your relationship with God, the only way you can do that is through prayer and reading God's word. God never brought you out of your Egypt. God never brought you out of bondage to let you die. He brought you out to give you life and life more abundantly. He brought you out to change you, to transform you, but more so so that you could spread it and touch someone else's life. If we get comfortable to the point where we don't change, then, 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 then change becomes painful. Change becomes, change becomes work. Let me tell you, I, I am a, more and more realizing that I am a person that enjoys like status quo. But boy, starting a church requires change daily. <laughs> and you're like, what are you going to hit me with today, God? <laughs> you wake up in the morning and you're like, what do I do today? Okay, God, today's a new day. But the more that I realize, the more that I take steps in my relationship with God, the more that I see him do work in my life. So let's, let's explore this. How do I know that the children of Israel were comfortable with where they are? Check this passage of scripture out in Exodus chapter 14. When, Pete, when Pharaoh drew near, they're at, the, they're at the Red Sea at this point. And they're like, oh, well, we're going to die now. When Pharaoh drew near, the people of Israel lifted up their eyes and beheld the Egyptians were marching after them, and they feared greatly. And the people of Israel cried out to the Lord, and they said to Moses, Is it because there are no graves in Egypt that you have taken us away to die in the wilderness? What have you done to us bringing us out of Egypt? Is not this what we said to you in Egypt? Leave us alone that we may serve the Egyptians. Check that out. Leave us alone so that we may serve the Egyptians. Is this not what we said when we were in Egypt? For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. Oh, they were tasting freedom. But freedom looked like change. Freedom looked like faith. Freedom looked like trusting God when there didn't seem to be a way. Freedom didn't look appealing because it required you to use your faith. And we can get comfortable in our captivity 
captivity because what we see God calling us to looks like something that can't be attainable, can't be something that I can do. I can't do that, God. I can't get up and preach. I can't get up and talk in boldness. I can't get up and witness. I can't do these things. But you know what? God is calling me to it, and he's expecting you to step out on faith and begin to walk in his promises, begin to walk in what he's got for you. I don't know, but... I feel like you can be locked up in bondage. You can be locked up in Egypt and you can be satisfied with that. Or you can move forward in faith. So, and Moses said to the people, fear not, stand firm. So let me say to you today, if you're afraid of taking steps of faith in your relationship with God, if you're afraid of taking steps in, in what God is, want to, God is wanting to do in your life, I'm going to be like Moses right now, and I'm going to say, fear not, stand firm, and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will work for you, not tomorrow, not next week, but today, if you want it today, today is your day. Today is the day to take the next step. Today is the day to say, God, I commit my life to you. I'm going to follow you with everything that I've got. God, I'm going to read my word more. I'm going to pray more. I'm going to start fasting. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you will never see again. Let me translate that into 2020. We can talk about coronavirus if you want to. And this stupid mask that I am wearing right now, it is driving me insane. Oh, I feel like I'm in bondage. Okay? Feel like, I, yes, I'm in prison. I'm in bondage. I am locked up right now. Governor said, hey, wear a mask. Okay, fine, I'll do it. Give you two weeks. If I don't see a change in the numbers, this baby's coming off when I'm at church. <laughs> Fear not. Stand firm. Don't be afraid of COVID-19. Yet you can have a healthy fear and be safe. You absolutely can. But you don't have to be all locked up in your house. You need to get out to church and get a hold of God. and get There is power in getting together and worshiping with like-minded believers. Why do I say this? Why do I say I shouldn't walk in fear? Why do I say that I should stand firm? Why do I say that? Because it says the Lord will fight for you. And you have only to be silent. Whoa, think about it for just a minute. Shut up. Think about it. You're like, oh, he just said shut up. <laughs> he just told, oh, no, he didn't just tell me that. You know what? Sometimes we just need to shut up and listen to God. You tell, you tell your kids, hey, you need to shut up and listen to me. You know what? We need to do that to God sometimes because so many times we come to God. Oh, God, what was me? Do you even know what it's like working this nine to five? God, do you even know what it's like living in 2020? He's like, yeah, they crucified me. I know. Like, he's, he's like, yeah, I understand work can be stressful. 
so so can so can it be stressful when the when the devil came to me and, and tempted me, you know? <laughs> I'm I'm kind of trying to make a little bit light, but the Lord will fight for you, and you only have to be silent. This is what Moses told him. Now I like that. They cried out to the Lord, but instantly their faith turned to fear, and they began to complain. You should have left us in Egypt. You've brought us out to the wilderness to die. When is captivity ever better than freedom? When is, when is captivity ever better than freedom? And you're like, Sometimes people are like, oh, the church is just a bunch of rules. The, the church is just a bunch of do this and don't do that and live your life this way and don't live your life that way. Yeah, when you look at it like that, it sounds terrible. You're like, oh, you're, let me tell you though, I have, I have tasted and saw what it was like in the world. I, I've, had my, I've had my time with drugs and alcohol. I, I had my time I'm so thankful I never got caught. Thank you, Jesus. I'm so thankful that he kept me, even when he didn't have to. When is captivity ever better than freedom? Well, I can just do whatever I want. You say, don't do this. You say, don't do that. No, I say, follow Jesus. And there's going to be some things that he asks of you to change, and you're going to be like, okay, absolutely. I'll get rid of my bad attitude because I like what you're doing in my life, I'll begin to lay down things and things will begin to change. Many times we get comfortable with the enemy in our bed that we can't even kick him out. What's the enemy look like in your home? You are the, you are the answer to that question. You know what the enemy looks like in your home. Sometimes our sickness, we can be comfortable with it. We can be comfortable with the temptations that come into our life. We can be comfortable with our sins. And we can be comfortable with our lack of relationship with God. You see, the only time the enemy really cares that you're serving God is when you're taking steps and you're moving closer to God. He only really, but if he can get you to be satisfied and comfortable with where you are and you can just, you know, like I just come to church, you know, a couple times and that's good enough for me. I'll just get a little bit of Jesus. He's okay with that. What he doesn't want you to do is begin to walk in faith and begin to mess up his territory. What he doesn't want you to do is begin to take steps of faith and begin to see God, what he can do, and begin to remove some things in your life. And all of a sudden, you've got this testimony that you're like, I didn't know I had a testimony, but I got to testify. I got I to gotta tell someone what Jesus did for me. The Israelites saw so many great things, but they couldn't get out of the past. Their past was trapping them. There has to be some things that you have to get out of your life. Did you know, oh, this one's a hard one. The blessings of God are awesome. 
But sometimes the blessings of God, if we do not follow God, can turn into something that begins idolatry worship. If, if we don't continue in our relationship with God, the blessings that God gave us, we can take and it can become idolatry. Because anything that we place before God is an idol. Our jobs, our cars, our careers, whatever it may be, our education, whatever we place before him becomes our God. They longed to be in Egypt. They took the blessings and they began to build the golden calf. And Aaron foolishly referred to the calf as Jehovah. Many times the blessings of God pours out on us we can mess up and use for sin. Do not allow inanimate objects that come into your life to become the center of your affection. So where is your heart today? We've got to examine our lives. Where is my heart, God? God, I don't want to live in captivity. You see, the Israelites, when they built that calf, were still in bondage. They were still living in captivity. They were still slaves to the Egyptians when they built that calf. But yet they were in freedom. Think about it for just a moment. How many times have you tasted freedom but slipped back into captivity because freedom looked like you had to use faith? Because freedom didn't look easy. Because freedom required you to trust God in a level that you've never trusted him before. We've been, we've been talking about the fruits of the Spirit. And this last week we talked about good ground and we talked about making our lives our lives, good ground. We have the best seed that there is. But if you don't have good ground, you will never produce anything from God. You have got to have good ground for this great seed to be able to produce fruit. So where is our lives today? The Israelites had some struggles through their journey but they made it. They were going to the promised land. So I can tell you this. You're going to have struggles. You're like, well, how do you know? The children of Israel had struggles. It's pretty simple. Like, check the Bible. They had struggles. You're going to have struggles serving God. You're going to wake up depressed. You're going to wake up not wanting to get out of bed, not wanting to go to work. You're going to wake up down you're going to wake up up you're going to be like what's wrong with me god i thought that it was like life more abundantly the preacher said sunday i was going to have life and life more abundantly why am i like this today it's a good question because the enemy saw you on sunday begin to move some things in your life begin to change some things and you were he 
got afraid. And so Monday, he threw some things at you. I truly believe that this morning and, and last night when I began to feel what I was feeling, it was because the enemy doesn't want people to know that they can experience freedom. What, they, what he doesn't want you to know is that you can experience the goodness of God, but it's going to take a, just a couple steps. So you take a couple steps in Jesus Christ, and he takes a couple of steps back in you, and he'll begin to do a work in your life, begin to change you and transform you. There is victory in Jesus. But you have to be willing to push past the place that you've never been. The Israelites had to be willing to follow Moses, even though they didn't want to. Oh, there's going to be some days that you don't want to follow Jesus. There's going to be some days that you don't like what he's asking of you. But if you'll do it, if you'll follow him, if you'll lay down your sins, lay down your depression, lay down your oppression, and kick the enemy out of your house, you can live in victory. So many times we sit there and we, we uh, I was going to grab my phone, but my phone's back there in the back. I don't need it. But... We, we grab our phones and, and we begin to scroll and anxiety gets into us because we see everything that's going on. And we're like, God, are you coming back soon? What's the coronavirus? Like, are they going to make me get a vaccine? That's the mark of the beast. Like, what, what is going on? Come on. Like, there's so there's a hundred million things out there on Facebook. And I can see so much fear. I can see fear in ministers. I can see fear in people. I can see fear in Detroit Lakes, in, in America, in the whole world. There's people that are afraid of what's happening. But I can tell you this. Just because I got this mask does not mean that I'm bound by what is going on. I'm just trying to follow a couple rules. But let me tell you this. Do I believe that we're walking in the end times? Yes. Do I believe that we're, 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 we're making our way to the point where one day are they gonna, uh, they're going to require a, a mark to buy and sell? Yeah, it's going to happen one day. Believe it or not, you know how I know it says it in God's word. It says it in the Bible. It's going to happen one day. Get your lives right with God. Don't, don't, don't be stuck in the Facebook scroll and stuck in fear and anxiety. Get your life right with God where it needs to be so that when the rapture happens, when God comes back, you're where you need to be. You know that you are saved, sanctified, and filled with God's spirit. I want to know that I am, I am living my life the way that I need to so let me ask you this. Is freedom worse than captivity? No, absolutely not. So I want to encourage you to get ready to go to the promised land. Get ready because there's going to be a voice one day that God calls you to do something. And it's going to come on a day that you don't expect it. And you're going to stand there and you're going to wonder, did I just hear the voice of God? Or was that just the inner me? Follow it. You don't want to miss that moment. 
Because no matter how ready you are to leave Egypt, staying in Egypt is still bondage. No matter how ready the Egyptians, or no matter how ready the Israelites were, as long as they stayed in Egypt, they were still in bondage. Think about that for a moment. They got ready to leave. They got ready to go, but yet they were still in bondage. And I'm asking you today, not only to get ready, but to take a step of faith. God, I need you. I'm so sorry for the things I've done in my life. God, I've got anxiety. I'm praying my prayer right now. God, I've got anxiety that is through the roof. God, you know the things in my heart. God, let me walk in boldness. God, let me speak boldness. God, let me speak the truth. God, let me follow after your will. God, let me follow after what you have for me. And as I take those steps, uh, I can begin to walk in faith. I can begin to see the enemy begin to disappear in my life because I'm cutting the past out. I'm moving forward in what God has for me. I'm saying, God, I'm following you. I'm going I'm I'm to do what you've called me to do. God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to follow you. Don't be like the children of Israel stuck in Egypt even though they had freedom. It's a thing that happens to so many people. You have got to be willing to push past the place that you've never been. When you come to the Red Sea and you're standing there and you're like, God, why did you bring me out here to die? Oh, I've prayed that prayer. God, why did you bring me out here to leave me high and dry? Like I see the enemy all around me and there's no way. But he's still making highways. He's still turning seas into highways. He's still turning graves into gardens. He's still turning dry bones into armies. I still believe that God is a miracle working God. That when I call on his name, that things begin to happen. That fear has to bow. That lives are healed. That hope is found. Oh, I'm a little crazy today. I know I'm a little out there. But what I'm trying to get to you today is that it's time to kick the enemy out of your house and to live in victory. You know what the enemy looks like in your house. You know what it feels like when he rears his ugly head. Do not be comfortable with that. But say, Satan, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. And he has to leave. We can say that about the the strongholds of this city. I rebuke it in the name of Jesus and it has to crumble. We can say it about addictions and it has to be broken in the name of Jesus. Uh, The word of God is powerful and quicker than any two-edged sword. Uh, I will share my testimony with the world. I will share what God has done for me every day of my life. If it means that someone be saved, I'll relive what I've gone through. I'll live it because I know that it can touch someone else's life. You have to make a memorial 
from what God has done for you and stop looking at the sin nature as your memorial. There's one more scripture that I didn't post, but as I was praying today, I wanted to share with you. And it's Psalms 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I have what I need. He lets me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He renews my life. He leads me along the right paths for his namesake. Even though I go through the darkest valley, I fear no danger. For you are with me, your rod and your staff. They comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Think about that passage for just a moment. You know your enemies. It can be, some of you, it could be your coworkers. It can be the ground that we have. Oh, God. It, it, it can be, it can be our depression. It can be our anxiety. We can get comfortable in that. God, prepare a table in the presence of my enemies so that my enemies will know that you are with me. He will never leave you nor forsake you. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Only goodness and faithfulness, love will pursue me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord as long as I live. Dwelling in the house of the Lord is not this right here, going to church. It's dwelling in the presence of the Lord. I will dwell in your presence, God. I will entertain your presence. It, there was a purpose when David wrote this. He was going through something in his life. He felt like the enemy was surrounding him. But in his mind, he knew that if he dwelt in the presence of the Lord, that everything was going to be okay. You have an opportunity to lay everything down, to walk into the presence of the Lord today and to feel him and begin to Begin to see him change things in your life. Don't get comfortable with where you're at today. But, re but ask God to change you. Ask God to take you someplace deeper in him. I, I want us to take a moment today and, and begin to pray and get a hold of God. You know what you need. If you And I, and I want to do this today too. If you want prayer, we did this back at the... Back at the Seventh-day Adventist, if you want prayer, I want to pray with you. I'll sanitize my hands so I'm nice and clean. I'll wear my mask. But if you want prayer today, I want you, I want you to take a step of faith. I know we ain't got an altar up here, and it's cramped up here. But if you want to come up here and get a hold of God, I want to pray with you. I want my wife to, to come up here, and I'm going to play that song we're going to sing next week. But if you want God to move in your life, today is the day. Oh, Jesus. God, I pray for everyone. God, that you would touch them. That you would move in their lives, Jesus. God, I worship you. 
you found